Hi, I'm Matt Booker. And I'm Todd Stanton. And this is the Nerdball Podcast. This is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'm pretty excited because I don't typically have like, I mean, we were talking before it's to be like, Hey, interview conversation style. Uh, and I've, I did it a little bit with Jake Paluski when his documentary came out. Um, but even then, like we, we know each other a lot, so it was a different conversation, but I'm excited uh, for you guys to come on here, talk about, uh, your documentary that you both worked on Paul Schlegel, Godfather of motorcycle racing. Um, I, you sent me some clips. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I like the, I mean, the aspect of making a movie, I have zero interest in motorcycles. Like, like I don't, yeah. So, and that was going to be my first question. Like, how do you even, how do you even, um, want to be a part of something and put so much work into it when there isn't a lot of knowledge there? Do you, you want me, to, I'll take that, Matt. That's a Todd question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I am zero, zero beyond zero yeah. negative numbers <laughs> into motorcycles. Like, I don't even know how many wheels they have. All right. So uh, that's how absent-minded I I am on this subject. Um, I know that Matt is talking about nerding into things. This guy is big into the whole motorcycle thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I've known Matt for many years and we did a, we did a little retrospective. uh, He can talk about it later of uh, the place that he works at his day job. And, uh, he had this idea to do this documentary on this local guy that I never heard of before, but he was, Matt was so excited about this and like, okay. And when he told me what it was about and the motorcycles, it's an old, so basically we're going to do a documentary about an old guy talking about motorcycles. This sounds great. You know, um, I thought the real challenge is if I could make this interesting to me, I could, interest anybody so yeah, that, yeah, that and, was and, it yeah and also like because you know matt so well like well he like we wouldn't be talking about this he wouldn't be talking about this with me if he didn't think something was there exactly exactly yeah yep yeah yeah well matt, maybe you, he would i mean i, I don't you, <laughs> you're, you're right <laughs> maybe i don't know matt that well but yeah yeah so. uh, exactly Matt, let's uh, let's you know. Normally, I start my podcast by asking, uh, "What's something you've been nerding out about lately? Something you're super into?" But that leads into all this. Like, uh, you're part of the Toledo Trail Riders, correct? Is that that's the organization you belong to? Yeah, it's uh, well. First of all, thanks for having us on. And yeah, then uh, yeah. number number two, yeah, Toledo Trail Riders is a uh, basically an off road uh, motorcycle ATV club that I founded uh, back in 2008. Um, really we have a local riding area here in Swanton, Ohio, and really kind of got involved because nobody else was doing something we wanted to make the place better. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a public riding area and we're advocate advocates for that riding area. So we really just started off by, uh, picking up litter. And then next thing you know, we're like, wow, there's actually a few people joining us out here. And yeah. when I say we it was like my dad and I, and um, a, a fellow named Jeff, uh, who rode dirt bikes and then his wife. And, um, and then that's really how it started. Then next thing you know, we, we became a nonprofit and now we have about a hundred members. Um, so it's, it's actually, it really is like a, a whole nother business. And then, um, several years ago, um, 
we had Paul out at the race and started talking about doing this with Todd. We can talk more about that, but yeah. but yeah, in a nutshell, that's what I do for my nerdy fun, if you will. You know, I I, I always find it because it, it. I mean, your story, um, your story isn't unique in the fact that once somebody finds a spot and says, "Hey, you know what? Let's clean this spot up, and we're going to use it." It always attracts more people, and then you know, people are always like, you know, th- and that's how it started. You know, we're just we're going to pick up garbage, make this place look nicer. Uh, in, in the hopes that it will bring people and you know if they if you build it they will come and these people came to this place because you all had you all had that same like I just want to ride I want to be here but it takes some initiative initially from people to just be like hey let's just clean this place up for us and see what happens yeah and I don't and I don't think we had actually several that um, you know didn't buy into that and you know hey you're never going to get anywhere yeah. because yeah. the the Ohio Department of Natural Resources manages this land right mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you're it's a david and goliath you know type of situation and um you know we just kept we just kept working and working with them and became uh, friends with them and uh became uh, an uh, a partner if you will i mean yeah. we're listed in the state of ohio as a as a partner to ohio department of natural resources so oh, that's awesome that had to start somewhere and um and we just kept working hard at it and it's it's the club has gotten much bigger than I ever, ever imagined. Um, we've done more than I've ever, ever imagined, but I'm happy to help lead it. And I've met a really a lot of great people that are in the club and mm-hmm. a lot of them I call friends and I talk to them almost every day, some of them. So it's, it's really been a wonderful thing for me and my, and my boys particularly. So Todd, have you uh, been out there and rode on since making this documentary? Have you been out there and ridden on anything? No, I don't, no, again, I don't, I don't even know how many wheels are on a motorcycle. So, um, no, not at all. Not, I don't even know what he's even talking about. <laughs> is there it's the one on so, airport, right? That's the one off at airport. No, wrong oh, area. See, I don't even know. Not a clue. Zero. See, are you guys Negative friends? Numbers. Are you guys really friends? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know on what, I don't know why, but, uh, yeah, we seem to connect on some weird level. <laughs> Matt, is there at at that place um, that you guys cleaned up and, and now partner with ODNR? Is that uh, motorcycles, ATVs, forward like anything, or is it specific things that you have out there that you ride? On? Uh, it's it's made it the the trail itself is sixty two inches wide. Okay, um, on the the main loops, and it's made for side by sides, ATVs, okay. and dirt bikes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. Uh, the I I uh, Todd, you can get in side by side. That's like a that's like a, uh, it's like a car. A, a, yeah, oddly, it's like a golf cart. Yeah. Oddly enough, um, we have friends uh, who are really into that. So yeah. uh, my wife and my thirteen year old have done that many times. So yeah. there you go. We just have to have them. Connect. I haven't. I it sounds fun. dirty. Sounds like you get dirty. And you Not know, in a, and well, in a side. It depends on the it depends on the kind of side by side. But I've I mean they, they make them fully enclosed. You can just. Yeah, up. that's true. That's uh, my. They got them with up. air conditioning and heat and yeah. all kinds of. You know, they probably have seat warmers too. You know, you oh, can turn okay. them on. Well, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I use them for years. I, I work. I work for the Metro Parks now, but I, I used to work for UTMC, and I used those for years. And probably six or seven years after I was using them is when I first heard they were called side by sides. I always just called them what like we had Kubotas, so I just called it a Kubota. Kubota, and yeah. I, I did like so my uh, my wife's family 
has her cousin has a bunch of land in New York and he's like, here, we're going to get in side by side. I'm going, what is that? And I walk out there. I'm like, oh, it's what we use at work. But I've never heard it called the side by side. I think the name is dumb. You know, it's <laughs> like, honestly, I mean, because like everything's a side by side, right? A car, a golf cart, uh, a truck, right? Isn't everything a side by side? Not a motorcycle. It's like, <laughs> it's not an ATV. Yeah. I well, what's one of the, the sidecars on a motorcycle, right? Where the guy used to get in the little thing. Wouldn't that be considered a side by side too? I don't know. Sidecar, oh, sidecar. Okay. But you got to get side by side, right? Well, hopefully, oh. once this film's done in and out to the public, Todd will start doing some vocabulary. Uh, no, testing, I won't have to talk you know? about motorcycles anymore. Are you kidding? <laughs> There is do, daylight at the end of this tunnel. You should do some promotion with Todd out there, run, you know, riding around. Yeah, this thing. you could do oh a charity, gosh. a charity oh event. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, I couldn't imagine. This is yeah. the second show I've been asked if I've been on a motorcycle. No. It is. Yeah, my, not my yet. Dad, we'll get him there. My dad owned one for a little bit, um, but I, I never rode it. I. I, I don't think they're like scary or anything. I just it, it's just something that never interested me interested me and yeah. uh so I just never never picked up on it. Uh Matt, what what was like uh, obviously you were probably doing it since you were a little kid, but what was do you remember your first like oh, my first motorcycle or my first getting in the side by side or ATV? Of course he does. Are you kidding? Look at look at look at the expression on his face. Look, he's already. <laughs> yes, I I, uh, my first experience when I was probably three or four years old, um, on a, uh, Yamaha PW 50, which is a little 50 CCC or 50 CC, uh, dirt bike. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was my first, uh, experience. It, I think I got it for Christmas. This was been the late mid to late eighties. And, uh, I think it was Christmas the, the day after Christmas morning or whatever. And I'm out there, my dad's in the driveway, uh, you know, trying to show me how to ride it. And I just remember it was, I was freezing, like literally freezing cold, you know, it's snowing and wind and blowing, you know, winds blowing and stuff. And I'm out there shivering my butt off trying to, you know, and, and the boots are all stiff cause it's, you know, I can't touch and all this kind of stuff. So it was a, it was a, it was an interesting experience, but yeah, I've been doing it my whole life. Um, don't do it as much as I used to, but. And your uh, dad does too. My dad does too. So I'm actually considered, I would say a, a second generation rider and racer. Okay. I've, I've done a lot of racing in my lifetime too. And now my boys are in it. So they're, uh, you know, third generation. So that's awesome. That that's always good when you can have like a thing with your, with, you know, even it's great to have a thing with your dad, but then to have like three generations of like, Hey, we're all connected with this one thing, you know, it, it makes, you know, obviously you're out doing it cause you want to have fun, but having all these people there support you and know exactly what you're going through or know what, you know, they've done this thing, you know, multiple times so they can help you out. You know, if they choose, choose to ask, I know kids don't necessarily always agree with parents, but you know, that knowledge is there for, for generations to, to learn and get better. Well, you know, what's funny. It, so my sons are, uh, my oldest is 13, almost 13. And my youngest is nine. And, uh, my oldest son, he really is, it's, it's funny because, you know, you, sometimes you have that father son battle. Like I'm not going to listen to my dad. He don't know anything. Well, I think when we ride, because I have been experienced and I'm, a, you know, a fairly decent rider in the woods and things. I think my oldest son really, I think, had a, a kind of a humbling experience of 
okay, my dad does know what he's doing here. You know, he's, he's a fast rider. Yeah. yeah. And so, so the point is he listens to me, you yeah. know, and on technique. And, uh, it's funny. I made a joke the other day on my Facebook page. I posted a picture of my sons. We were riding two weekends ago at the state forest, the mommy state forest. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to teach all my boys or both my boys, uh, bad riding techniques so they don't get faster than me someday. And, <laughs> and people are commenting, they're like, they're going to be faster than you no matter what. It's just inevitable. Yeah. But, uh, it really is neat to watch them when I teach them things to watch them practice it. And, um, my dad was uh, a good teacher for me, but I think he just kind of said, here's what you do and then go do it. I'm kind of like trying to fine tune that a little bit more with my sons I don't expect them to be pro racers. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not considered a quote unquote, a moto dad, um, where I'm putting all this pressure on my kids and we're, you know, having to finance the house to go racing and do all this kind of stuff. I, I don't have that, those kind of expectations. I want them to just love the sport yeah. and they do love it. Um, when I was younger, I used to walk around the house making dirt bike noises and it's funny, we were driving in the car the other day, and both my boys are like, burr, 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 you know? I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, the, the tradition continues. I don't know if I wanted that one to continue, but it's yeah. just kind of funny. It's always weird. Like, uh, when I was a kid, my son's, like I said, my son's 11. And um, for whatever reason, when I was about his age, I would always, we had different overhangs in our house, and I'd just jump and, like, hit, like, try to get as high as I can. And obviously I don't do that now. I'm an adult. I'm six two. And if I really wanted to put my hands up, I could touch stuff, but he does that. And I was like, man, it's just, just a little kid thing. Or is that just something like I did it? And it's just like in in grade, but it's the same thing with those motorcycle noises. You're just like, man, it just, it just happens. It just happens. <laughs> yeah. I, it, and my wife said something about it the other day. Like you hear the boys making the, the motor noises. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's a contagious thing or genetic. I don't know, but they're doing it. So it's just funny yeah todd uh with with all of matt's knowledge obviously somebody coming to you with an idea for a film they're gonna have a, a lot of knowledge and no one expects everyone to know everything about it, all, all subjects but with all his knowledge his family involved um in, in all the racing and and he has all those contacts how did you fit in uh, initially with that and were you nervous about it um I will say in the beginning, uh, so we, we, we formed a committee. Um, there was about uh, five of us, and this started before the pandemic, this idea. So okay. this, this documentary has been in the works for about three and a half years. Um, and when Matt first talked about it, like, like yeah, okay, um, yeah, we can do it. And he said he wanted to film this guy named Paul Schlegel and just get just get him on camera in case – one day he's not doing too well and he's mm -hmm. unable to relay these stories anymore. And I thought, okay, at a minimum, I can do that. I can set up a camera and, you know, let the guy talk. Um, but then when, and it, the idea of it really becoming like a documentary, I think evolved over time. Like I said, initially Matt just wanted to capture this and see, you know, if we can do anything with it. When we did interview the guy, I wasn't hearing motorcycle stories. I was hearing business stories, like how this guy took this little fledgling business of his and made it into a thing. I'm not hearing motorcycles. Like I'm, I know there's motorcycles in this, but it, it was, to me, it was more of that. So it, 
in the early days of this now moving it from footage to documentary idea i'm i'm just sitting there going i don't know how i can tell this story from a nerdy motorcycle point of view because i'm just hearing this fascinating story about how this guy grew his business and as a business owner that was interesting to me you mm -hmm. know so i wondered in the beginning how this was going to evolve and the great thing is that it it isn't wasn't just me. It wasn't just Matt. We had a lot of people involved in kind of cultivating how this thing was going to lay out. Matt Matt put together an outline, obviously for questions for for Paul. But I had my crew then kind of go through that seven hours worth of talking footage, start chopping it down, and then Matt had to listen to it, refined it. Then we kept chopping down this footage more and more and. It you know it becomes a process and you and as you start mining away at this you start seeing the bigger vision so it became more comfortable to me as it went on that I can tell this interesting story about how this man grew his motorcycle business mm -hmm. you know so yeah. it just came together was Paul involved from the beginning or were you were all of you like all right here's we're gonna have all our stuff ready to go for him specifically. Because we know um, uh, he's getting up there in age. We don't want him, if he doesn't want to be around all of this all the time, we want to be cognizant of his time. So let's get everything ready. Or was he like, hey, I'm, I want to be involved too? Yeah, I think he, he wanted to be involved. But really, what was the biggest asset we had, um, in my opinion, um, was he basically had an auto, autobiography. I don't know if you remember that, Todd. And we kind of took that and laid out the chapters and then oh. that that helped out tremendously because we weren't I, I you know obviously we've started from scratch but we took the bullet points or the finer points of that that autobiography if you will and it's several oh, yeah. i mean it's that was, that was a long time ago it was a long long <laughs> time ago but that helped wow. that really helped me kind of formulate okay what because again the motorcycling um perspective that i have i I know what is important to this audience or not, you know, mm -hmm. um, pretty much on that side of the equation. Now, obviously Todd mentioned the the business side too, but, um, but no, Paul was a very inquisitive. Um, I will, I will tell you that those seven hours of footage, I remember distinctly one time I was watching film and I think I, I think we finally got it down to five hours or something like that. And, it is just you're starting here and you got to end up here yeah and i remember todd said yeah dude you you can't have a five hour long podcast you know <laughs> or not a podcast but a documentary yeah and i'm like i i just don't know what i don't know how to cut this thing down i feel bad like you have this yeah. guilt editing yeah. or you know watching yeah it's like gosh, you feel bad we eliminated this or did that but ultimately i think we we got it down to 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 be the, the points that we want the audience to to really see and hear and and uh the highlights and, and some lowlights too there's some lowlights in there too but um i i think it's it's all come together perfectly in my opinion what's great about it is he took risks you know he that's and and i from a business owner i looked at it as you know sometimes to grow your business you have to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable you know mm -hmm. You got to you got to put your toe in this pond or just leap, you know, and and he did. I mean, that's the, the great things about what he did was like 
actually matt and i would talk about different things like when we were actually kind of talking about getting the word out we talked to this other podcaster guy sorry i know i don't know if <laughs> no, you know these other podcasters out there <laughs> yeah but, yeah um, <laughs> we uh, and matt talked to him and matt said uh uh you know matt told him what what we were doing with this film and the guy was like yeah okay that's cool and matt came back to me and said he didn't ask anything about you know interviewing us and i said be like Paul, you know, just, just ask, you know, I mean, that became like our thing. Like, yeah, that's what Paul did is he, he didn't wait for people to ask him. He just went out and it seems rather simple, right? Like mm -hmm. it seems like a, a simple concept, but I think that fear many times keeps a lot of us held back, you know, and I don't know that that was a big takeaway for me. I just thought it was really interesting to hear how this man just, just asked and the, what's the worst that can happen. We heard it when we were in school. They're going to say no, yep. you know, you can move on. And, and that, yeah. And I do that all the time with this podcast, like more times than not, if people say like, Hey, can I, can I come on your podcast? You know, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, hey, let's look at dates or whatever, you know? And, uh, and I, but I, I'm, I, that would happen all the time. And I always tell people like, just ask people come on. We'll, we'll, you know, I'm not, I don't care who comes. I just like talking to people. I want to have interesting stories. I want to help people. I want to, if they got something to promote, I want to help them there. You know, I want to learn as much as I can, you know? And, uh, but I am so scared to ask people, uh, to come on here because of that. No, like, you know, I'm yeah. getting a little bit better, but because of that, no, like I just, I, I don't want to be told no. And then rejection, I, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying to the point where it's probably to the detriment of the podcast that, people will come on that if as long as i ask them but i just i don't know i'm terrified well that's why i thought it was so fascinating that this guy even though it's such a simple concept he i mean when you see the documentary mm -hmm. um some of the things that he just asked yeah. you know and and he's you know I, I don't want i don't know how much you want to give away matt but uh we've there's a couple things we've said before but he you know he all he did was ask and what's the worst that can say no well well we were we revealed the one on um on channel 13 uh you know so you've heard of the pontiac silverdome yes so this is one we can share and it is in the film but basically when they're I mean, literally, they're building the silver dome. They're digging the hole in the ground. You know, the construction trailers are there, and you know, in uh, in Pontiac there. And Paul, it's not a silver dome. It's point. not a silver dome. It's just an <laughs> idea. Yeah. They're they're moving dirt, and Paul's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go up there and check it out." Well, he goes up there, and you know, he's talking to the contractor, and he's like, "Hey, I want to get a race here someday." And then he and then he buys the land for the dirt for the silver dome, and it's just it's the that dirt kind that of they stuff. were digging. He <laughs> took so he could sell back to yes. any of the things that were any event go on there. any wow. any event that happens there that needs dirt, monster trucks, you know, off road stuff, whatever. That's his dirt going in and out of that place, or was you know when it was still up. But yeah, it's it's just that kind of thing. Like how would that idea of just oh wow we better and, and this is not this is not an idea like hey supercross has been around this was a, a supercross race okay mm -hmm. like you see on tv every saturday yeah. night in the early part of the year mm -hmm. this is that sport has not been around very long so it's not and he and he was doing this in the mid in the mid 70s i think 76 they had the first supercross there at pontiac 
So it's not like he's been, you know, somebody's been doing this for 20, 30 years beforehand. And he's just picking up. I mean, this is like in its infancy. He's, he's creating these ideas and these, like, like Todd said, these monumental business decisions that he was fearless in asking and, and making things happen. It's, it's really phenomenal to, to and, be honest. And he's an unassuming guy. Like if you see, he's not like a big burly guy coming in there with these ideas. He's this little, this little guy, you know, and just, I don't know, impressive for all of us, you know? Oh, I it's, bet. Yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah. really amazing. It really, um, I think, so our club, uh, does a race one time a year and that's that's how this idea got started we had paul out at the race in our uh actually actually at heinz farm uh several years ago 2019 and so i you know being a, a race promoter if you will um you really start to have an admiration respect uh for what paul's done in the amount of work and challenges and things that it takes to put on a race Mm-hmm. And we're just putting on a, a regional race. And here Paul's, I mean, in 76, he put on six professional national races in one year. Six. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's ever done that. No, nobody's even come close to that kind of stuff. So it's it's just a, it's just amazing to me. It's kind it, of the story you don't really hear about, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you, th- you hear that there's an event being here but how did it get started you know i mean how do you you know you know i mean how uh lorenzo how do you get an audience right yeah. like how do you do that and it's just impressive that this little unassuming man could fill a pontiac silverdome <laughs> well everybody to everybody's heard of the riders or the racers right you probably have heard of i'm assuming you probably maybe not you todd Motorcycles. You're living under a rock, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah. you know, you know, like Jeremy McGrath, yep. Ricky Carmichael, James Stewart, Travis Pastrana, Travis Pastrana. Yeah. Yep. Their house, their household names mm-hmm. to a point. Everybody's heard of racers. You don't hear about the guy or the gal that's putting on the race mm-hmm. who got the race there. That yeah. that's, that's the uns the unsung hero. I think. How do you, I mean, you're telling all you, tell all these stories and you're talking about the seven hours of, of talking to Paul, like, how do you, uh, and you mentioned it a little bit, trying to, trying to break it down, but because I feel like there, there could have been a push pull with like, Hey, we, we, it's got to focus on motorcycling was like, well, this, the, the start of Paul was these businesses and his businesses and how, like, what, what is the, how does that work in order to, to make this right? Because like I said, it sounds like there could have been, there probably could have been two different movies. It was. It wound up being a toss the ball back and forth kind of scenario. Like it, we had to just whittle this thing down. Now there was an advantage. There was a lot of stammering and stalling and uh, uh, uh you know, so all that stuff kind of had to be cut out. Mm-hmm. So you probably took out two hours just of that. You know, if yeah. you would compress it. Um, but then it was just a matter of like, what's important? What is just trivial? You know. You know, I kept saying to Matt, how much of this is kind of nerdy and and stuff that we want to follow as part of his story? And some of the nerdy stuff has got to go. You know, it's mm-hmm. cool, but if we want to entertain more than just a motorcycle crowd, we have to take some of the nerd stuff out of it. I know this is the Nerd Ball podcast, sorry, but <laughs> we have to, like, we got to take some of that out yeah. just so that we can keep this. So it became more ka-chunk, ka-chunk. Matt, I think 
hated talking about Paul Schlegel after a while because after we'd cut it down, we'd send it to him and like, okay, now what do you want to cut out? I'd listen to <laughs> now this four hour thing, you know, and yeah. then it kept cutting, cutting time. And we got it down, believe it or not, down to 52 minutes. Wow. That's so, it was you, hard. Yeah. It, and it makes you think too, like, like just hearing all that footage you have of every, like just everything, not just, you know, Paul talking to get it in 52 minutes. My first thought was, man, that's gotta be a really good 52 minutes because of <laughs> all the stuff you have. Like there's just, there in order because it is a difficult thing to do to to break it all down but it's so it's so compact compared to everything you have in total like it's there's a probably you know i'm expecting a lot of good information and good you know all this stuff to to really feed into into the masses you know yeah i i think we pull it off i mean um i mean matt obviously was the ultimate you know guy to impress actually we put it before our committee Matt had seen it develop through the the, the course of time. Mm-hmm. I had my uh, initially had my assistant go through and and he was between him and Matt were the one whittling it down. And mm-hmm. then um, you know Eric Oblander uh, from BCAN. Yeah, um, he he works for me part time. So he he then took it when we finally got the you know the meat of it done. Then Matt started. Matt wrote narration. Matt wrote, you know, some of the, he put together the titles and all that kind of stuff. And then so it was really getting clearer and clearer. And um, I had final say in the edit, obviously. So Matt or uh, Eric would show it to me and I'd start making, you know, huge lists do this, do this, do this, this. And I'd give it to him and Matt would, uh, Eric would whittle (laughs) it down. So many names in this. Um, he'd, He'd whittle it down some more. He uh, he actually came over once we sat and watched it together and, you know, I was like, okay, and I make little notes. And then it got to the point where it was like, we were closer, but there was still a lot of things in my head that needed to be done, more artistic things. Mm -hmm. And I started making a list and I said, screw it. Just give it to me. I'll do it. It wasn't that it wasn't that it wasn't anything on Eric's part that he wasn't capable. I just had a vision to this mm-hmm. thing that I I just felt it would have been quicker. <laughs> and then from that point, I probably have put over a hundred hours in it. <laughs> so and I'm still as of it's open right now on my desk. I'm still making little tweaks uh to it. And just because I want it perfect, you know, sure. like it's as perfect as as we can get. We put it before the committee about a month ago, and I told everybody um, I don't want anyone to talk. You know, I all, we gave them a pencil and paper. I had a counter. I embedded a you know kind of a large counter uh, in the in the screen. I said, if you see anything, just write down the number. You know, and then we could. But I said, if I don't want to like talk and pause and rewind and do all that stuff, I just. Let's just watch it as an audience, because I think it, it it'll mean more if you watch it without uh, you know stopping at any point. And so during the thing, we're hearing pencils, you know, you know, write writing stuff here and there, and then um, but no one said anything. They laughed at the moments that you know you laughed. You there's a there's a sad moment in it uh, that you know you got a reaction when it was all over. It, it's it's got a really n- nice tension to it at the end credits come in and they all clapped 
Yeah, it was yeah, it was just such a relief. Yes. You know, yeah. That, yeah. To put it before these guys and they just thought it was great. So then the well, notes two, were minimal. Two guys clapped, one guy walked out, but I mean other than that, it was uh you know <laughs> Well, yeah. Todd had had it by then. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm um, out of here. Yeah, he, he was trying to find the popcorn, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Well, I I just want to just put it on tape that you know it was amazing to me, you know, because I've been telling people, of course, it's my opinion, and mm-hmm. from what I've seen, it's it's exponentially better than I ever envisioned it ever. It, I was just I was just going to ask you from the beginning is it what you expected? But it sounds blown, like blown yeah. I mean blown out of the water. I mean yeah. you know it's uh in really it's because of the guy sitting on you know sitting on the other end here yeah. um and his crew because um you know it could have been a just listen to Paul talk. I I'm not a huge film person. Mm-hmm. That's why the first person I called was Todd because he is and um and i don't have spielberg's number but um the uh sorry todd i had to throw well, i was impressed he i was impressed he knew spielberg so yeah, yeah. john was it john <laughs> it is john John's? yeah you got it yeah yeah or, you're getting there oh uh, frank spielberg i don't know mm-hmm. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. but anyway um <laughs> you know my dad it's funny my dad has all kinds of interesting things uh he calls certain things because he just doesn't remember names real well mm-hmm. and uh he what did he say the other day it's Todd put some Todd stank on it and it, it that's that's my dad's version of art artistic uh enhancement I think is what yeah. uh, he was referring yeah. to that's how I took it at least that's that no that's accurate I've, yeah, I've yeah. got a I've got a little uh, dictionary of my sounds good to me. yeah words. sounds good to me but uh but but it's true it really is true Todd's done some work for us uh at our company um I work for my a family business here in town a nursing home facility Elizabeth Scott and um, that's how we've been connected to Todd, and uh, and I knew he'd be the the first person to say, you know, is this a good idea? Number mm-hmm. one, and number two, I I knew he could do the the artistic enhancements or stank, uh, put his his uh, Todd stank on it, and yeah. uh, and take it from from uh, you know here to through the roof. And again, it's my opinion, but I don't think the audience is ever going to be bored during the film. It's yeah. not going to be just yeah. somebody talking uh, for hours and hours. And that's, you know, kind of during the editing part, I kind of was getting a little down. Um, not down. I don't know how to describe it. But overwhelmed. Maybe down, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Yeah. But then, but then I, again, kind of thinking, okay, Todd's going to have to heighten this up a little bit because it is a lot of Paul talking. But it's there's a lot of movement. There's... I don't like I said for fifty some odd minutes. You're you're just I don't know how anybody could be bored. You're not bored with it, and it's it goes fast. And it does go fast. Yeah. Yep, it's it's really good. Uh, I asked you both the same question. Uh, talking answer first. What was your working on this from start to finish? What was your favorite part? Oh, my favorite part, honestly, the the part where when Eric finished up his edit. Or when Eric had it at a point that I felt like, wow, this is going to work, you mm-hmm. know? And then when I started thinking, because there was a point uh, where I thought, 
This is good enough. Yeah, it's whatever. I, I don't know. Old guy talking about motorcycles. A shot of this motorcycle. A shot but well, of, you, you also said this yeah. is going to work. Like, how far along in the process? You're like, all right, I guess it's all right. <laughs> it's just going to work. <laughs> it was a, well, it was it was in that development, you know, so maybe halfway through as I'm okay. seeing it, you know, I'm just thinking, I don't know. I don't know if there's a story here. I remember even telling my wife, like, I don't know. It's not about motorcycles to me. And these guys are just going to like get all excited about, Oh, the two CC blobby blue, blue, who cares? You know? And, and I'm like, this, there's just not a story here. And then as I saw it whittled down, I thought, Oh no, there is, this is, this is going to work. I think this is going to work. And then as, as I would refine it through Eric, it got more exciting. And then when I thought, I'm just going to take it over. And mm-hmm. I, I have never been so excited about editing before. I just thought I get to take something that, you know, is, is technically mine. And, you know, as we've, we've produced this, but it's someone else has done all the work, you know, yeah. and I get to, yeah. I get to fix it all the way I want. And that, that became really exciting to me. And so I'm still excited about it. It's sure. been a hundred plus hours since, and I still love it. Matt, what about you? You you know, this is a, a long process. I'm sure there was, like, just like you said, a lot of ups and downs. But what, what was the, the one thing that, that you think, like, man, this is this is all worth it? Um, So it's going to sound kind of kind of weirdly morbid, but uh, Paul just passed. OK, yeah. right. um, I want to throw that out there. And we it was really ideal to get this done we our goal was to get this done before um before something would happen to him and um he did he did get to see it uh was that the beginning of april todd or beginning of march i think it was beginning of march he saw that version at that time yeah and so i guess that was i I don't want to say excitement that was more of a relief um but last weekend during the supercross race this is Supercross, which is a worldwide viewing audience. They had a memorial, uh, a tribute oh, for wow. Paul live on television. And that's maybe not exciting, but I think the word may be more validation mm-hmm. that we're doing the right thing here. And we're, we're doing it for a guy that deserves it. And I'm just so relieved he got to see it. So I just want to point that out to kind of piggyback on the excitement word um or you know that kind of thing i i'd have to kind of piggyback on what todd said i hearing todd when he started editing it and then all of a sudden he just he just kicked the door down and said i'm i'm taking this in my reins here and i'm gonna do put my todd stank on it you know and uh and i think that was really exciting actually i told my dad that at work one day i said i said todd's spending a lot of time on it i said he's he's putting in his touches and i i said because my dad had not seen it he's part of the committee he had not seen it yet Mm. and i said we just went i said we literally went from here to here and um in a couple of those editing rounds um so that was exciting to me when i when i saw after eric's version and then after todd's uh version i was like you know, I come home and I told my wife, I'm like, it's, it's really good. It is, it's blown my mind as far as how much better it's gotten. And, and again, that's, that's their hats off to them guys. Yeah. Cause I, I would go ahead, Todd. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, 
Matt touched on it with with Paul passing. Um, I yeah, I can actually literally get emotional about this uh, for Matt. But it was three and a half years when he talked about this. He brought this up, this idea, and to think that right before I mean he passed. Like what's it been? Is two weeks? Week and a half? Ten now? days ago. Ten ten, days ten ago. day ago now today. Um, Matt, I was Matt called me. I was the first one that he called, and I just I told him, I'm so proud of you, you know, because like this yeah. was his idea that nobody was pursuing, you know, and the film has gone from being like a vanity piece to now a legacy piece, mm-hmm. you know, just just with that news, and I just thought, dude, you did this, you know, it, I wasn't doing this. I didn't come to Matt and say, hey, I want to talk. I got. I know this old guy who talks about motorcycles. Um, he came, you know, he came to me with this idea. It was his idea, you know. And to think that that we pulled this off, you know, right before he passes, I just think is so amazing. To say that that's excitement, it's a really weird word to put, you know, associated with it. But I felt very proud to be a part of this whole thing. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. Did um uh, is Paul, does Paul have family around here? He he does he does he has a son that lives here in town. Um, he has a daughter that lives in Florida, and um, actually, kind of a sad sad deal. So his daughter Kim, you know, her, her dad passes away on a on a Wednesday, I think the nineteenth was, and then Saturday morning her 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 I get a text Saturday morning um that uh, from a fellow that we know down there. And uh, that's kind of, you know, in touch with the family. And he said that uh, the daughter's, Kimmy's uh, boyfriend passed away Saturday oh, morning. Wow. So she lost, lost her dad and her boyfriend within a matter of four, three or four days. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's, it's oh. just, it, you know, it's kind of, I guess, the word humbling, a little, mm-hmm. you know, appreciation of life and, yeah. and uh, you know, live each day kind of thing. As another reminder, you know, we get reminders like this all the time in life. Yeah. But, um, but uh but yeah, um, but yeah, his they're down there now in Florida right now. You know the the what I learned with this podcast too. First of all, um, I I I always kick myself. My grandmother passed away, and like I always thought, like oh, I should like at least like record her and talk to her, and you know ask her about her stories and this and that. And I just I never did it. And then you know then she passed away, and I'm like ah oh, man, I wish you know I wish I would have done that. You know I have old voicemails from her. You know she she would sing me Happy Birthday if I didn't pick my phone up. She'd sing it to my voicemail and that kind of stuff. But it's happened with this podcast twice now, where I've had somebody on here who who then passes away, and and you know one was my uh, shot and disc coach. Um, he uh, it, we called him H. His last name was Henches, but H was a super important person to me. He was on. He came on here. You know, we we talked about his family, just normal episode, and then he passed away. And to be able to give uh, you know a a uh, usb stick to his wife say hey here's here's the podcast you can have this podcast you can share it to whoever you want people don't have to download it from me anymore you can have it you can do it and they get to listen to him now whenever they want to or, or whenever she wants to and the same thing with this film now with him passing away there is you know now this is specific obviously specific to to, to motorcycles and, and i'm sure that he talks about other stuff too but now they get to see him and listen to him his family does and i think that's important too it's like they might not care about motorcycles like he does, but they sure as hell, sure as shit care about him, right? So right. they're gonna they're gonna you know 
have this for life and for generations and their family gets to see this now. That's what I, you know, I've always found fascinating about the time period that we live in compared to, you know, previous centuries is that they didn't have this kind of technology, you know, where you can record some, I think of like the very old films of like, say the early twenties and those images never existed before in human history, you know, and we still have them today. So it's, it's nice that we're able to capture these kinds of things and, and hold on to them for generations and generations and be able to, you know, share and share those stories. And, and they just don't fade away as easily as maybe they would have, you know, four or 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, I, you know, I appreciate you guys coming on here, but, um, before we wrap up to a couple more things, obviously uh, it's going to be played at, at the mommy indoor theater, uh, which is a cool place. I've been there a few times. I've seen, you know, kids do things there. I think my daughter in a couple, a couple months, she's going to do a baton recital there. I've seen uh, one of my friends, Keith Bergman filmed a comedy special there. Uh, it's a cool place. I really, I really like it there. It, it's, it's, it's a theater, but it's old and intimate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be, is that the, I'm sorry. I think it's over the 14th. 13th 13th um it's going to be there uh what what are your plans besides there are there any other plans to to show this because it's one night but are there any other plans that you guys have for this well we we don't really have set plans other than what we do what we hope is to maybe take this to different towns okay um and do the same thing we we hope yeah road show it and you know i told my wife we're gonna pack up the van we're gonna be like a circus roadies you know and uh no um that you know there there seems to be a lot of um uh, calling if you will or messaging um on social media and such for you know hey can i stream it because there's people that are living out of town and that kind of mm-hmm. thing and, and i think we want to get to that point but down the road we kind of want to you know utilize the momentum that maybe this brings and, and we won't know i mean we just won't know until the showing and i think i think afterwards will you know, we'll really get some feedback and I hope, I hope it'd be, it would sell out. And, um, you know, we do a second show here in town, yeah. you know, maybe at, you know, some point during the summer or something, but we'll see. I think we just, we got to just let it direct, direct us on where to go. And, um, and we'll know what the right thing and the right pathway to do, you know, here in the future. So. Yeah. The, the, the tickets are like halfway sold at this point. So, okay. yep. um, I mean, that's, that's encouraging, Yeah, you know, most cause you know, we were talking the other day, like how often do you buy your tickets in advance, you know, like, yep. you know, for something. So, um, we are, we've heard, you know, I know there's a handful of others that just, you know, friends of mine that have said, Oh, I want to make sure I go to that, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're hopeful. Well, I, it depends, you know, I, best case scenario, we're going to have to turn away people. Sorry, sold out, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully set up another another uh showing of this and a roadshow version of it would be fun um but yeah it's all we'll see what happens streaming is down the road at this point i mean yeah todd productions is the one that benefited mostly financially from this but you know it it the toledo trail riders they they uh they had a campaign and a lot of people you know uh contributed to the production of this and so you know at this point on it's any of the money that they can recoup, you know, in ticket sales would be great. Yeah. Uh, and I know by asking this question, I could get you guys in trouble, but uh, are there other people that you would like to thank or people that were involved in this or people, you know, that, because obviously it wasn't just two, you've named some throughout the, throughout this interview, but uh, 
um, other people that have helped you guys? Well, for me, it's my my assistants, which is Austin Ibera. I can't even say his name the right way. I even tell him I don't even like the way he says it. It's it's Ibera. I mean, it's, Ibera. Like, don't ever say that like, around me again. Um, and, and then. <laughs> Eric Oblander is uh my other guy like he's he he really did so much for I and he's the narrator in this uh nice. film too. We actually were like we were using him as like a temporary and like no dude your voice is perfect for this. So you know I uh, I, I narrated Jake's film. Yeah. And I was like you know what would have been better is if like uh and I'm not, I I I know this isn't how it works. If I could see what I'm being narrated over because it may, it would just make oh. it a little bit better. Like I gave him two things. Like here's a kind of a somber sounding one, and then you know one that's a little more upbeat. But I was like, I, I turned to my wife. I go, man. I mean, everyone says it's like I don't like the way I sound on there. She's like, yeah, but that's how you sound. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and it's it's hard to do that as as yeah. a guy who does this for a living. Oh, it's yeah. hard yeah. to because it's hard to read a script and watch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like. Mm-hmm. I normally I will just direct a person, you know, like, Oh, okay, oh I want yeah. this. I want your voice to go up here or whatever. So it's, it yeah, was cool. That I, was, it was my first, uh, first yeah, you did great. voiceover work. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. You did. You did really yeah. good. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, Matt, uh, what about with you? Uh, any, anybody else that you want to mention? Well, I want to thank our sponsors. Um, I want to thank Todd's team. Um, all the sponsors that helped us out. Um, our, our company, Elizabeth Scott, which my dad was the biggest driver on that. Um, I, I'm just going to be very blunt and say it without without his, uh, you know, sponsorship and contribution, this wouldn't even be happening. I mean, it would be still an idea. Um, that really, that was a turning point too when my dad finally said, uh, "Okay, we're we're going we're going for it here." And um, you know, obviously, Todd. You know, um, Todd and his crew, thank them. I think I mentioned that already. But, yeah, sponsors, uh, Elizabeth Scott, Championship, Honda East, Bad Brush, uh, Danker Insurance. Um, our committee. Thank, our committee, yeah. yeah. Jason Holbrook, uh, Rick Ram, Eric Oblander, Todd, and uh, my dad, Paul Bucher, and myself. And um, I want to thank uh, I want to thank my wife. Um, I, I can't thank her enough. There's there's a lot of times in, in our marriage, she's mentioned to me, um, you do a lot of things, uh, basically for nothing and, uh, for free hobby, it's called a hobby, dude, in your defense. It is, it is. And, and I want to thank her for that because I, I, you know, there's been a lot of times I I'm sitting at home on the computer trying to whittle this thing down and I Mm -hmm. could be, you know, maybe spending time with family and it, and it does, it does take a sacrifice and, um, you know, um, that I can't thank her enough for allowing me, you know, to, to, and supporting me by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, these, a lot of these endeavors that I do. Um, but you know, I want to thank Paul. I want to thank Paul for all he's done. Um, our club would not be, um, in existence today without, without Paul Schlegel. It really wouldn't, you know, a lot of things that we do would not happen without Paul Schlegel. And um, it's just been an honor to know him and and do this for him is very uh, sorry. I'm getting a little almost a little choked up here. Um, It's very, very satisfying to do something for somebody else. It really is. I have I have one little humorous story about our committee that I have to throw in here is uh, uh, one of the people on our committee is um, 
Rick Ram. Uh, and Rick used to be my boss many, many years ago, like out of high school, uh, I worked for him. And when we, when we put this committee together, uh, like three and a half years, all right, dude, of three and a half years of having meetings and, you know, every month we got together and we talked about different things and then the film is almost done. All right. So it's, 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 it's gone to. It's gone through Austin. It's gone through Eric. I've done several edits at this point. All right. I, my family still does stuff with my ex with, um, with Rick Ram and, and his family. So my wife and his wife get together often and we're out to dinner once the three of us, me, myself and Rick's wife. And she says, um, she starts talking about, and we talk about this in the documentary where Paul started a, a little business called Podger. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Karen, uh, Rick's wife says, well, you know, uh, Rick used to work at Podger. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and he's and she says, yeah, him and his brother worked at Podger. Now this is when he's like very, he's in his early twenties. Paul is yeah. in his early twenties. Oh, okay. And it's and I'm like, what do you mean, Rick? Rick, your husband on the committee, Rick, is you are telling us that he worked there? And she's like, yeah. I was like, oh my god. So when I saw this, dude, three and a half years, we're just <laughs> learning now. Where have you been? And so we put him in the film. I said, you're going on camera, yeah, man. Yeah. And his little stories really tied. Like, you know, the little fragments together, it just works so well. So it's just funny. You can't, you can't make it up. I mean, Todd, Todd called me. I don't know if he texted me or called me, but he's like, you're not going to believe this. He's like, Rick used to work. Rick worked for Pauser. I'm like, Rick who? I'm like, Rick who? He's like, Rick Ram. I'm like, what? Committee Rick Ram. (laughs) I mean, if, if this was a committee and you know, a decade long, would he tell us on year 10, you know, like, come on, Rick. I you know. know. It's just funny. Yeah. It's just hilarious. But so no, it just, it just really, it really <laughs> brightened up the film even more. Like they had the little, the little, uh, you know, tidbits of stories that he had just really, it's uh, this whole thing has just turned out so well. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's great. It's, and again, I said at the beginning, like, I don't, I didn't know anything about anything with motorcycles, but you know, you guys, you guys really, told the story of it here uh i appreciate you coming on here if people want tickets it's mommy indoor mommy indoor what is it mommy indoor theater mommy indoor.com uh to get tickets i'll put that in the show notes too people can click right on it uh any other if there's any other websites or pages or anything uh uh, where where can people get more information i think there was there is a a uh paul schlegel documentary facebook page too there is. Yep. It's just hard to spell Schlegel, so it's that's why we elected to go with the mommyindoor.com. Yeah. And I think from there, does that take you to the uh documentary page, Matt? Uh mommyindoor.com uh, does not, but there's a Paul Schlegel movie.com website. Okay. All right. And then uh you can find it on our uh, our club page, Toledo Trailriders.org. Okay. Um, so there's stuff you just just use Google. It's everybody's friend. Um, and uh, if you just search it, it, it'll come right up. Um, if you just search the Godfather motorcycle racing, Paul, that'll pop up. Um, but yeah, the place to go to get tickets, pre pre sale tickets are at mommy I, I want to just one more thing. If sure. I, if you don't mind, yeah, yeah. You, you say you, uh, you work for the Metro parks. Is that I your day to day? Yeah. Okay. 
So I'm going to have to play Paul Schlegel here. So I think I don't have a lot of pull, but we'll see what happens. I, I know. I know. <laughs> it's about asking. It's about asking. Sure. But our sport is an outdoor sport. Yes. You guys are outdoor people. And I've 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 tried to, you know, bend the arm of a couple of your your coworkers, but mm-hmm. I think there's really an opportunity there to to do something with the motorized community. I know it's gonna take a special place, a special you know, because we we make noise and nobody wants the noise, right? Yeah, yeah. Un, unlike horseback or hiking or, you know, <laughs> where you're pretty much silent. But but that's that's my Paul moment of this podcast is uh we, we gotta be able to forge a a relationship together because you know my job is to advocate for the sport uh which i'm doing and uh and i also like to uh type, put a little paulism to the to it too but if you could if you could get some poles somewhere and twist some arms I, or have a conversation we we'd love it man we'd love i tell it. you what i tell you what um the the thing you have going for you as far as working with the bench parks is that you are a partner with the odnr um so that's that's a huge thing i know for us it's all about sustainability there's a lot of things that we we as an organization at the metro parks like you know we you know we tell people stay on the trails don't go in the woods you're trampling you know local flora and fauna but i think there are actually i used to so i'm i'm the supervisor at glass city metro park right now downtown all the all the downtown parks are the ones that i run but i used to be at pearson metro park and they have a giant field out there that when i was there we're like we got to do something with this what are we doing with this thing um and we talked about putting in a uh what they call it a pump bike track yeah um there um but it is an open field and there are are other areas uh it's just finding finding the people uh that would be interested in that kind of stuff and i think it'd be cool i mean i as long as someone says, "Hey, Lorenzo, there's an extra bike you can try out," you know, I'm all for it. <laughs> I can make uh, that happen. Yeah, but I can, I can definitely talk to people about it. Uh, the, it'd be, it'd really be our our natural resources department to see, like, hey, is this something we can do? Uh, is this feasible? Um, and start from there. But I have no problem uh, talking to talking to people about it on your behalf, and then we'll uh, we'll see where where it takes us. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, yeah. and, um, I, we've had conversations, uh, about our events and stuff that we've done. And, and I, you know, like I said, that's a, that's a huge mountain to climb and I understand that, but you got to start somewhere and, and sure. just like, just like Paul did, he started by asking questions and, yeah. uh, and keep pushing and, and, uh, you know, but, but we're doing things the right way. We're a family organization and that kind of thing. But I appreciate you guys, what you do there at the Metro parks, because we, we utilize them. We live out in yeah. Swanton, my wife and I, and my boys, and we ride bikes and we hike and we do, I mean, it's just, we're just very blessed to have, uh, have that here in Northwest Ohio. So yeah, it, it's a, it's an awesome place to work for. And if you get a chance, if you haven't been downtown to see glass city, the brand new park, uh, check it out. It, it opens officially, uh, June 9th is our ribbon cutting. Uh, but people are up there now. Uh, it's, it's hard. <laughs> I'm in the building uh, there's a, a rent, uh, it's not rentable. It's just a public building. And I always have to kick people out like, Hey, technically we're not open. It's still under construction. <laughs> you know, you can go these certain places, but people really like it. If you get a chance to be out there, it's on the East side. Uh, either of you, if you guys get a chance, you know, shoot me a message. I can walk you around and, and show you before we open. Cool. Yeah, we'll yeah. do that. I'd rather not have you throw me out. So we'll, we'll call <laughs> <Yeah>. first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, well thank, appreciate thanks again. It. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again uh, for coming on here. Uh, it, this is really cool. Really interesting. You know, something like I said, I don't know. 
typically do, but uh, this podcast isn't really anything typical. So I'm, I'm open to anything. And, and this was great. You know, I will, like I said, I'll post all the links that I can find in the show notes for people to get tickets and to check out the movie and everything. So uh, thanks again. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it.